Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the show that helps you reach your full potential with your host, Lisa Tarmati, brought to you by lisatarmati.com. Today, I have an exciting episode with Dr. Robert Rowan, who is a oxidative medicine specialist and ozone clinician from Santa Rosa in California. Dr. Rowan is a world-renowned practitioner in oxidative medicine. Um, He graduated from the John Hopkins University and uh, before going into integrative medicine as well. Now, Dr. Rowan is going to be talking in depth about ozone therapy in particular today, but also oxidative medicine. And uh, We did a a session a couple of weeks back with uh, Kim Saxton of naturalozone.co.nz who has ozone machines in New Zealand. Um, And if anyone is wanting to find out more about ozone and if you're in New Zealand or Australia, then please uh, you can contact Kim Saxton and listen to that episode as well. But in this episode, we do a really, really deep dive with Dr. Rowan into the ins and outs of ozone therapy, what it can be used for and uh, the dangers and the the, uh, therapies involved. Very, very interesting story. Now, before I go over to Dr. Rowan, um, if anybody is interested in joining us for a live webinar on epigenetics, we have an epigenetics health program that looks at personalizing every area of your health and your nutrition, your exercise, even looking at your social environment, all based on your genes and optimizing for, for your genes, the right environment for you. If you're interested in finding out a little bit more about epigenetics and how it can help you and our personalized approach to health, then please register at epigenetics.lisatamati.com. I'll put it in the show notes, uh, epigenetics.lisatamati.com. We're holding webinars every one to two weeks at the moment if you'd like to join us live to learn more about that. Right, now over to the show with Dr. Robert Rowan. Well, hi, everyone. It's Lisa Tarbany here at Pushing the Limits. Today, I have a really, really special treat. One of the world's leading experts in ozone therapy and oxidative medicine is to guest with me today on the show, Dr. Robert Rowan, who is uh, from California. So thank you very much, Dr. Rowan, for joining me today. I'm super excited to have you on the show. So thank you very much for for coming on and sharing your, your amazing wisdom. Um, Dr. Rowan, can you give us a little bit of background about uh, the work that you do and uh, your your clinic, um, and in particular about ozone ozone therapy? I've been doing ozone since 1986, and it changed my life. We use ozone in many different applications and aspects. Um, <clears throat> one of the large, you'll have to forgive me. My, I'm not sick. I just it's. Uh, Pollen season here. (laughs) Um, I do a lot of work in chronic fatigue, Lyme disease, uh, CFIDS, and ozone is almost a miracle for these people. Um, It's not 100%. I don't want your viewers to think that anything is 100%. We'll get back to that in a moment. I do a lot of ozone for knees, joints and rebuilding tissues. And if I, like I said, I started in 1986. And when I saw the first machine, I looked at, I said, ozone, that's an oxidant. Aren't we supposed to be scared of oxidants? The answer to that is no, our body is all about oxidation. There's oxygen out here in the air, we breathe it. It's an oxidant. It's not as powerful as ozone. But 
ozone is oxygen. And our own body makes ozone. Most people don't know this. It makes ozone as part of our defense against diseases like COVID, um, other viruses, and bacteria. And our bodies make a whole host of oxidants, including bleach, hydrogen peroxide, ozone, nitric oxide, something called singlet oxygen, superoxide, and more. And this is our part of our body's army, our defenses against infection. And it leads to a lot of really quite good things. We wouldn't be here if we didn't have it. And if we do ozone therapy, we're just augmenting natural processes. Right. Because, I, you know, I've been a little bit confused in the research that I've been doing because I was, like you said, originally going, hang on, oxidative oxidants, aren't we meant to be running away from having oxidative stress in our cells and um, anti- taking antioxidants and, and so on and reactive oxygen species is meant to be a bad thing. And here we are introducing an oxidant into the body um, so I was a little bit like, how does that work? Um, is it like a hermetic stress when you introduce ozone into the body that it creates a, a cascade effect? Is that what's going on? There's something called hormesis. Um, how do you adapt to anything? All organisms adapt by a stress. Stress by itself isn't necessarily bad. If I want to build muscles, for hmm. example, I pump iron. Yep. And that creates stress on the muscles, and the muscles adapt. They get bigger, hopefully, and stronger. Mm -hmm. Ozone is the same thing. It's like a controlled burn that stimulates our anti-burning defenses so that our immune system is much more robust. Yep. Okay. So now, Dr. Rowan, you have a really interesting story. Now, when I heard the story uh, about uh, you going to Sierra Leone a few years ago when uh, the Ebola crisis was full in swing, would you mind sharing the story? Um, I've heard it on uh, Dave Asprey's show, who I absolutely love and adore what he does. Uh, The work that he does is absolutely fantastic. Uh, He's had a massive influence on my life without knowing it, Um, all the great people that he's brought to the show. Um, but he, uh, so he told told the story in that interview um, about this Ebola crisis, and you looked at the biochemistry of this virus, this horrible, horrific virus that was taking over there, and you thought, "Hang on, ozone could do something here," and you went down to Sierra Leone. Could you pick up that story for us? Um, I knew that um, ozone would work. I just knew it. <clears throat> because the biochemistry of, the, of Ebola virus and COVID virus uh, shows us that there's some key vulnerabilities on the viral coat that could be knocked out by ozone. That's a sustain. And all of our cells have that same vulnerability too, but our cells can repair it. Viruses and bacteria cannot repair it. Uh-huh. So um, it's, uh, it's analogous to this. Here are my fingers. And the viral coats have something called sulfhydryl groups. Mm-hmm. There's an amino acid called cysteine, mm-hmm. C-Y-S-T-E-I-N-E. And it is active by fingers called sulfhydryl groups. If those fingers get chopped, now it's not active anymore and it can't get into the cookie jar. Right. So I thought this would be useful. 
Somebody put me in touch with a doctor in Sierra Leone who knew the president, and we were extended an official presidential invitation to go. And I recruited a buddy of mine, Howard Robbins. Mm-hmm. We didn't want to go at first. And I said, he said, you're crazy. Yeah. I said, fine, I'll go. And then he thought about it for a moment. He said, wait a minute, you're not going to get all the credit for a method that I use. So he came to. And while we were there, the government shut down the project uh, through the Ministry of Health. And we strongly believe, and based on some credible uh, evidence, that pharma did this. They, yeah. they shut it down because it would have just been too dangerous that a $5 treatment would cure Ebola. And therein lies the problem. And, yep. <laughs> so we shut down, but we managed to get to five people after the fact. And... We published it in the African Journal of Infectious Diseases. Wow. All five patients recovered. Wow. And this is a disease that had a up to 90% death rate from, from memory. So 60. 60%. Okay, 60%. So those five people, and uh, that must have been absolutely devastating for you. You know, you're in the middle of training the doctors and, and health professionals there. I felt like I was hit in the... In the gonads. Yeah, I can, the I can imagine. Okay, really. Because it really, it's big money and big pharma who's probably come in and shut this down so that they can sell their drugs instead. And because ozone is not going to make anybody rich anytime soon, it's shut down. Um, and this is something that you're seeing, you know, quite a lot of this sort of, um, this war going on, it would seem. There's a, there's a war going on. I, um, I think that's true. Yeah. And I think, you know, like uh, shows like this, so that's why they're important because they make people aware of what's going on and make people ask questions and look outside the standard, the standard of care um, to, to therapies that are, that are really, really powerful. So, um, okay, so in the light today of the coronavirus, do you see ozone as having a big role to play in, in helping people in dire straits with this? Can it perhaps knock out the coronavirus? I know we'd have to be careful what we say, but... Um, <laughs> no, well, we have free speech here, and I'm not... Um, I, I can say what I believe. I believe that ozone would be the treatment of choice for this virus. I've said that in articles that I published in the peer review journal. I believe it's the ideal antiviral. I would want to get to the patient before they're in dire straits. Mm. If they're in dire straits, they're in dire straits. You want to get to them long before that. And you want to start treating them early because, I mean, any any physician will tell you it's better to take care of something earlier rather than later. Absolutely, absolutely. And there is a lot of uh, work going on around the world with ozone um, in, in, com- in sometimes in combination with hyperbaric oxygen therapy, which is uh, something that I've been um, very uh, vocal about and, and used a lot and had a clinic here. Um, do you see that that's a really good combination? Um, and is ozone and hyperbaric sort of related in a way? They're all oxygen-based therapies. And they're in, yeah. Hyperbaric is an oxygenation therapy. Ozone is more of an oxidation therapy. Mm-hmm. But they all, they all possess some similar properties. And that's the whole point of both of these therapies, or one of the main ones, is 
delivering oxygen to hypoxic tissue and getting more oxygen. Can you yes. explain the O3? And uh, so oxygen is O2, we know that. Uh, ozone is O3. Once it gets into the bloodstream, and we'll talk about delivery mechanisms in a moment, um, what's it actually doing when it gets inside? Can you explain the mechanisms of action there? All right. Well, we breathe O2. So here you have O2 and a lightning bolt or an electric discharge or ultraviolet splits it and oxygen goes careening off to an O2 and now you have O3. It's not a very stable molecule. It's got a half-life in room air of about 30 minutes and then it, it decomposes back to O2 but it is extremely reactive. Oxygen in the air is not that reactive. Mm-hmm. If it was, we would burn up, mm-hmm. but you need a source of ignition. Do you understand that? Yep, yep. All right, like you can mix gasoline and air, and you need a source of ignition for it to ignite. Yep. So oxygen alone doesn't do it. Ozone carries the ignition. It carries the spark. When ozone is given to a, a somebody, a whole cascade of things happens. Ozone reacts instantly with blood components. One of the things that it does that incites is an increase in something called 2,3-DGP, which enables red cells to deliver more oxygen to tissues. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, it's an oxygenation treatment. Ozone also improves red blood cell flexibility, so it can get through. The red cell is bigger than a capillary, yeah, and it can't get through. Yep. The red cell has to flex to get through. So it improves that. Ozone seems to stimulate mitochondrial oxygen consumption. Okay. Mitochondria yep. are the furnaces of the body, of the cells that yeah. make energy. They're the power packs that make the energy. So they're going to use a lot more, I think up to 50 times the amount of oxygen well, when the they're running well. When, when, no, the mitochondria are in all cells, mm-hmm. and they're dependent upon getting oxygen to make energy. Now, your white blood cells fight infection, and when they're fighting infection, they need 50 to 100 times more oxygen than they do when they're at rest. Wow. Anything you can do to get oxygen to them is going to help them. So hyperbaric will help them by getting more oxygen. Ozone will help them by assisting with oxygen. Ozone also stimulates a modulation of the immune system. So if the immune system is overactive like this, it brings it into balance like this. If it's underactive, it brings it back into balance. Ozone modulates the immune system. Ozone stimulates certain enzymes. One is called hemoxygenase, which is an anti-inflammatory enzyme. Ozone increases the NFR pathway, which mm-hmm. is an anti-aging, antioxidant pathway. And it's one of the most fabulous substances ever seen in medicine but it's not used much because it can't be patented. So yeah. it's not pushed. Only people who think are using it. As with some of these broad spectrum medicines, it's again, it, it, therapies, it is uh, the, the age old problem of you can't patent something. So therefore it's of no use to anybody doing, um, you know, randomized control trials. Um, so, Okay, so so ozone is very, very powerful. When it gets into the body, um, something I was trying to understand, uh, does it make hydrogen peroxide? Um, and isn't hydrogen peroxide like a disinfectant? <laughs> ozone, 
Ozone itself is a disinfectant. Right. Ultraviolet is a disinfectant. Bleach is a disinfectant. Our body makes bleach. Our body makes hydrogen peroxide. Wow. Ozone does work through hydrogen peroxide mechanisms. So it's it does it when it when it first enters the bloodstream, it because it, as you said it's very reactive, so it doesn't stay in its stable state very long. It it, it pings off and starts to do different things. Um, does it is it creating the hydrogen peroxide? And please, you know, I might get this all wrong. Um, and then it's becoming you know oxidants that are then doing their job in different parts of the body. When ozone enters the blood, it reacts instantly, and it creates a downstream um, cascade Uh of what we call ozonides. Ozonides. Hydrogen peroxide is one of them. Uh Aldehydes, cyclic oxygen compounds. They're still oxidants, but not as powerful as ozone. Ozone reacts instantly. It's gone instantly. Right. And then it leaves behind what we call these reactive oxygen species, and they do the work. They do the work. Because we've, we've been taught, you know, and just going back to the beginning of the conversation, that reactive oxygen species are dangerous things and they ping around the cell and cause damage. Everything so. has to be in balance. Right. Here's the best way I can explain it. You're a woman. You have both testosterone and, and estrogen in your mm-hmm. body. Mm-hmm. It's the balance for you. Mm-hmm. And I have the same hormones, and it's a different balance for me. Mm. All right, so reactive oxygen species are in balance in our body. We cannot live without them. Right. But if you get too much of them in certain forms, then it can be deleterious. When COVID or Ebola stimulates what's called a cytokine storm, which is how people are dying, now you're having overwhelmingly too much. So this is and, the immune system overreacting and sending yeah. out too many soldiers to fight the battle and actually shooting everything good, bad, and the ugly. Shooting everything in sight. Yep. Ozone, ozone could help modulate that. Modulate. So it's a modulator. So if it's overreacting or underreacting, it will bring it into balance. Everything seems to be in medicine. The more I study, the more I learn that everything's a Goldilocks principle, isn't it? Everything is Goldilocks. Everything has to be in balance. Look, they talk about the Earth's position from the sun as the Goldilocks zone, right? (laughs) Everything is balance. Yeah. Everything is balance. And when when you're carrying a shopping bag, you're putting a stress on your body. Your body adapts and reacts to it. It has to. And that's what life is about for both plants and animals is adaptation. So we're doing a controlled adaptation here. And it's helping the immune system build its muscle. Wow. Okay. So can you um, can we now pivot a little bit into ultraviolet irradiation? Because this is one of the other oxidative medicines that I, um, I believe you're an expert in and know about. Can you, and, and this is something that has really, uh, I've never heard of it prior to learning of about you, um, is what is ultraviolet irradiation and can you give us a little bit of the history of it and how and is it being used today still yeah this ultraviolet ozone was developed in europe although nikola tesla patented an american generator in around 1900 or so Mm -hmm. ultraviolet was developed here originally 
And there was a machine called the Knot, K-N-O-T-T, hemoradiator. There's still a couple on the planet. Mm-hmm. And it is a phenomenal treatment. And it was published. There's a whole series of articles that came out in the late 30s through the 40s, um, lots of them, on its use in infection. And it is a sister therapy of ozone. It is an oxidation therapy because ultraviolet has ionizing radiation and it kicks off an electron, so it's considered an, it's, it's in the family of oxidation therapies. The two have very similar long-term mechanisms of actions, and the articles that were published in our literature in the 1940s were simply stunning when it came mm-hmm. to infection. Wow. And what is it actually doing in the body? So you're delivering light somehow into the... You're delivering light to the blood. The blood absorbs ultraviolet. And Uh then that stimulates a series of reactions not too dissimilar to ozone. Right. Is it it a bit like photosynthesis for plants? You know, is it the mite? Totally different. (laughs) Totally different? (laughs) I thought, well, maybe they've got photoreceptors on the mitochondria and that's what's actually causing it. So, no, it's not. In in the case of ultraviolet, blood drips down a chamber here on this side Mm -hmm. and light is coming through here Mm -hmm. and striking the blood as it goes. And that, that causes chemical changes in the blood similar to what ozone does. Wow. Okay. And is this still being used today? Because I know Emmett Knott was very, um, uh, he he had awful awful troubles, didn't he? He he was the man who invented this originally and got shut down again by um, people, (laughs) shall we say. (laughs) Um, Can you? I would say by the various interests. Yes. Again, um, some sort of mafia came along and shut down his um, his work, um, along with, with other people. Actually, but- in his case, their company went out of business. Mm-hmm. It went out of business because Morris Fishbein, who ran the American Medical Association, wanted a piece of his company. Yep. He said no to Morris. You can't have it. So Morris vowed to destroy the company, and he set up a bogus study. And this is what I'm what I've learned. And between that and the advent of antibiotics, antibiotics were just coming out then. Yep. And it was very easy to give somebody a pill. Very it was a lot easier than to do a blood treatment. Yeah. So the company actually went out of business. But some of the machines survived. And nowadays there are, are there people looking into this area of science again? Oh yes. So we can get access to new machinery. Are you doing this uh, type of therapy in your clinic? I do ultraviolet in my office, and, wow. and I'm very happy with it. Okay, because I, I, I'm not aware of it. anybody doing it down here. I'd be very interested, you know, to find out if it's still being done or if people are picking that up again because all of these – is it similar to photobiomodulation or is that a different thing again in low-level laser therapy? Laser therapy is different. It's a different mechanism. It's it's different than this, yeah. Okay. This is actually, frankly, irradiating the blood. It's irradiating the blood with with ultraviolet. And it's not just ultraviolet. It's several different spectrums. Mm -hmm. But with ultraviolet being the main, ultraviolet C being the main spectrum. Wow. Okay, so something to, to do more research on and learn more about. Um, with, the, with the ozone, now there are different ways of delivering it. Um, and there, I, I've got a home 
ozone kit here and there are certain things that I can do and certain things that I can't do as a, as a lay person in my home. Can you explain the different um, types of therapies and what, which ones are the most powerful, and, and, including uh, the prolotherapy and uh, protozone um, injections, which I believe you do as well, um, and the other ways that you can get ozone into the body? There's, you can give ozone every way to the body that you want to give except one. You can't breathe it. You can't breathe it. It'll it's be dangerous. harmful to the lungs. Yeah. But it can be given in the blood. You can make ozone water and drink it. You can put it in a, through a stethoscope into your ears. Women can take it into their vagina. Both mm-hmm. sexes can do rectal. I've mm-hmm. put it in the bladder. I've injected the man's prostate. I inject joints, muscle, under the skin. Really, really safe. The only downside is if you don't do it right, it can sting. The injection itself can sting. It can be uncomfortable. But other than that, it's extraordinarily safe. I've done many, many thousands of these with not a hitch. And and so we... When we're doing IV therapies, like this is a doctor-only medical um, way of delivering it, is that the most powerful way? And like ten pass or yeah, depends what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. You're so, a woman. If you had a local vaginal problem, would you take it IV? No, you would take it vaginally. If you uh-huh. had a local joint problem, you would take it in your joint. But if you have a systemic problem and COVID is systemic or you have Lyme disease, which doesn't exist in Australia, I think you know that. Yeah. Yeah. New Zealand, not either. I'm being facetious. (laughs) The Australian medical authorities don't believe that there is such a thing as Lyme disease. Oh, okay. The American CDC says there's 300,000 new cases every year in this country. Wow. But if you have Lyme disease or a systemic problem, um, then you want to do it systemically in your blood. Okay. And, and there is 10-pass therapy. Can you explain what 10-pass is as opposed to um, just a and, normal IV? 10-pass therapy is very high-dose ozone. It's high-dose ozone. So that's the like pulling standard, it all out. Yeah, the standard ozone therapy involves taking 200 cc's of blood and maybe 8,000 uh, micrograms of ozone in that blood. With 10-pass therapy, we're giving 144,000 micrograms. Wow. Wow. And, and so it's basically taking the blood out, putting the ozone in, putting the blood back in, and repeating that yes. process 10 times. So we're just really um, – is this for really acute cases where, you you know, you've, you've run out of options? Um, I don't think we have that here in New Zealand. Um, I don't think we have any doctor doing that type of procedure unfortunately down under <laughs> or at least in New Zealand perhaps in Australia um, but but rectally and air insufflation and so on is just as powerful no it's not I don't think it's just as powerful but I believe the end result will probably be very similar if we have it repeated yeah um, can it help with brain injury of of just released a book, uh, Relentless, which tells the story of bringing my mum back after a massive aneurysm, left her with major brain damage at age uh, 74. And um, I 
did hyperbaric oxygen therapy with her, which was an absolute cornerstone of her therapy, along with a lot of other things. And I'm only just now getting to the ozone. Can that help with brain damage? I mean, she's now Why not? perfectly normal, but yeah, it can help. I would, do it, I would do ozone for any sort of damage because any damage involves low oxygen and getting more oxygen is critically important. Yeah. Would the air insufflation, given that we here, like, for example, can't get IV, we can't get anything else, um, would that be enough? It depends. Everything is relative. Yeah. It depends. I know people, It's I know some people have fixed their hearing, their dizziness. It fixed their respiratory infections. I've heard of Eros on doing all kinds of things. And by mm-hmm. the way, your viewers should know that home ozone demonstration is available for a donation of 20 US dollars to Ozone Without Borders, ozonewithoutborders.ngo. My wife and I made a video of all the home ozone methods and donated it to that organization uh, to get proceeds. Okay, so that was um, ozonewithoutborders.ngo. N is in Nancy, G is in George, O is in Oscar. Okay, we'll put that in the show notes. So people can go and buy that for $20 US and uh, get an explanation of how to set up your own home therapy, which is absolutely brilliant because it is quite complicated and you need to know what you're doing and the dangers um, in relation to, to the lungs. Okay, well, Dr. Dr. Rowan, I just want to thank you so much for your time today. I really, really appreciate it. I, I you know, it's, it's pretty late over there, I think, so um, I don't want to take up too much of your time. But I just want to thank you for the work that you've been doing in this area and for sharing this, the, the, the oxidative medicine and ozone's um, uh, therapy all around the world. I mean, you are one of the top experts in the world. So to, to get um, you know a bit of time with you today has been a, a true honor, and I really, really thank you for all the work that you're doing. Thank you for having me. I hope it helps. And our website, uh, people mm-hmm. should go to that because I got information and articles that I published there. It's drrowandrsue.com, D-R-R-O-W-E-N-D-R-S-U-S-U.com. Dr. Rowan, Dr. Sue, and Dr. Sue is your wife, .com. Okay, I'll make sure that that gets in the show notes. And if anybody has questions, um, they can they can reach out to you there. Um, so thank you very much for your time today. I really, really appreciate it, Dr. Rowan. <laughs> okay. Thank Let you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that show. I uh, just wanted to let you know a little bit of great news for the show, for Pushing the Limits, which has been going now for five years. It's a, a labor of love and something that I've been very, very passionate about, sharing all these great insights with you. And we've just been rated in the top 200 shows of in the entire world in the health and fitness genre. So that's a really, really uh, great achievement for the show. And I'd just like to thank the whole team that's in behind all this to make this happen. And we would love you to give us a rating and review if you could that really really helps the show get more exposure on itunes uh that would be super super appreciated so top 200 thanks very much for being a listener and we love your loyalty and we really appreciate you that's it this week for pushing the limits be sure to rate review and share with your friends and head over and visit lisa and her team at lisatarmaty.com 